Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Black Girls Living. You're joined with Vic. Jasmine. And we've got a special guest in the building. It is. Introduce yourself, introduce yourself. Hey guys, I'm Nessa. So I'm a qualified psychological therapist and I'm also the founder of the organisation Inside Out UK. And tell us about the organisation. Okay, sure. Mm-hmm. So Inside Out UK is um, it's a mental health organisation and the purpose of it is to improve access to mm. mental health education. So we are all about doing workshops, events, providing content that can give people the tools mm. and techniques to essentially look after their mental health mm. and well-being. Mm. That's fabulous. Um, me and Jazz came across, well, mm. I've known about you and what you do for a long time, yeah. but like I've never seen you in real life. But when I saw you talk at a, a work solutions, yeah, solutions, yeah. Um, you were so amazing. I hope you don't think I'm gassing you, but like <laughs> Jazz, Jazz had me yeah, and Jazz I was the spoken. Same. We both just looked at each yeah. other, like, and Jazz yeah. just said to me, oh, "Let's wow. get on the podcast." Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, guys!" Because <laughs> you, you were talking yeah. about um, the psychological effects of social media. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. It's something that I think that particular topic is really, really close to my heart because it's something that I work with young people, I work with young adults. It's something that everyone can relate to. So in terms of the research, I made sure that I did the research Mm. properly to actually understand. And it was things where I actually can relate to myself. Mm. So, you know, when you're giving examples, doing it in the way that the people that you're trying to relate to can also relate to you. I think Mm. that's so, so, so important. Mm. So yeah, that particular topic, the effects of social media on mental health. Yeah. I even did a workshop just now on it as well. Oh, is it? Really? But it was for young people. So it was a bit Mm. adapted, but that topic Mm. is a deep one. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you said something along the lines of, um, I think you said the reason why we might find it more difficult to do things such as reading books and stuff is Mm. because social media is like everything is in snippets. Mm -hmm. It's little bits of information Mm, that we're taking in constantly. So our brain is literally just tired Mm -hmm. when we read or try to sit down and read a book. And I was just like, oh my gosh, it explains everything. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's so deep. Yeah, because I feel like I can't shut off to just read a book sometimes. Mm -hmm. I find it so difficult. Mm. But... Yeah. Yeah, I, d- I didn't know why. I didn't know why that was. I was just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's a deep one because, you know, when you actually do the research and look into the psychological impacts of social media on your well-being, my friend, you will not go on social media again. Wow. <laughs> I need to know. You will yeah. not go on social media again. Tell us some of the like, tea. So just in regards to, you know, the point that you made about yeah. um, the way that social media is. So the way that it's presented, it's been designed in a way that is made to be addictive. So wow. you see how with Twitter, with Instagram, with mm. Facebook, etc., the way that information is presented is in short chunks of mm. information, like you mm. said. So with those short chunks of information, over time, the more you expose yourself to that, the more your brain becomes accustomed to that as well. Okay. So in the long run, if you're just used to seeing short chunks of information, come and get a book now. Your brain Can't is going to be it. like, Ooh, mm. this is too, too much. much. It's too yeah. much. And that's why a lot of people have a short attention span mm. because your mind is going from one topic to the to next. Another. To another, to another. So it's just it's information overload. Mm. And um, I think I was I was reading one book and it was saying how that in a day we are presented with more information and more choices to make than our ancestors did in a lifetime. Wow. In wow. a day. 
in a day. That's it. I'm going to repeat that. In a day. Mm. <laughs> I've got a question. Mm. Is it too late for us? No, it's not. Are you sure? It's not. Okay. It's not. It's not. It's a bit tricky mm-hmm. because especially, um, you know, nowadays people have business on mm-hmm. social media. So mm-hmm. um, the money that you're making is yeah. coming from this tool that is addictive. So there's, it's sort of like a double edged sword. Um, but what I would say in response to that is finding ways that you can control social media as opposed to social media controlling you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So um, it's hard. It's really hard, especially, you know, we've been exposed to it for years and um, I can't even imagine what it will be like for the generation, um, you know, coming next where yeah. all they know is social media. Yeah. Um, I feel like I am privileged in the sense where I grew up when social media wasn't really a thing. Yeah. It was so up I've and had, coming. Yeah. yeah. And we didn't have the good internet and the mm-hmm. smartphones where it's we could um... access it constantly. It was just a, after school, I will jump on for yeah. an hour maybe. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. It was those days where, do you know when you had to, um, when you when you went on the internet yeah. and then it sort of interrupted yeah. the telephone mm. line. Yeah. It was just like, ah, oh, it, it's long. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I thought I had a problem when I was younger. In what Because sense? with the internet, because mm. I would be on it from come back from school, I'll be on Farmville from six <laughs> to eleven. Mm. No, wow. just non-stop, no breaks. Just non-stop Farmville. I would come to eat, okay, or I'll come to eat and take the food back in, mm. and I'll be watching. I'll be on MSN talking to the same people oh, yeah. I was at school with. Yeah, I remember MSN days. <laughs> I remember one time I was like, I think I have an addiction. Mm. I had to wheel it down, mm. but still. Now it's a bit different because I remember being okay, I'm going to stop going on the computer as much. This was like in secondary school, so I'd watch TV instead. But now it's hard because like you could be on your phone yeah. texting and you're like, I don't want to go on Twitter and then a notification comes up. Yeah, I don't yeah. have notifications on anymore. Same. Mm, it's just same. too much. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because even on that topic of addiction, it's interesting because in our society today, we tend to rank addictions. Mm. Yeah. So in the sense where someone who is addicted to drugs, mm. they will be like on the top of the spectrum. Like, oh my gosh, they're addicted to drugs. Same way someone who's addicted to alcohol would think, oh, right, they're addicted to alcohol. Uh, but when we look at the actual biological impacts, like what is happening in the brain, all addictions are the same. Wow. So whether you're addicted to social media, whether you're addicted to sweets, whether you're do- hmm, addicted to sex, whether you're addicted to pornography, whether you're addicted to drugs, alcohol, whatever it is, that process that's going on in the brain is hmm. the same. You know, what what would you say the signifiers are of being addicted to social media? Because I know a lot of us say, oh, you know, I scroll a lot or mm. I might be watching TV and I'm still scrolling, but... How would someone say, you know what, well, actually, maybe I need to cut down? Mm. Uh, what do you think, you know, are the signifiers of that? I would say one thing is if it gets in the way of you being productive and if it's getting in the way of you doing those things that you need to do. So let me give you an example. Um Sometimes in the morning, you might pick up your phone and be like, oh, yeah, let me just check this DM or whatever for five minutes. Before you know it, it's been two hours. Wow. And you're yeah. just you're just mm. on there. And it's not something that you're intentionally doing. It's usually those unintentional consequences yeah. Yeah. where, you know, you're on it. And then before you know it, a lot of time has passed by and you actually think to yourself, what have I actually done today? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? What have I actually done? So mm. I would say that's one yeah. sign that you may be... 
um, you know, addicted to social media. Mm. Another thing is when you experience withdrawal effects. Mm. So um, I don't know if you've ever experienced this where let's say you've got, um, you've left your phone in another room mm. And usually when you get a notification or something, you would probably hear like a vibration or a ding or whatever. Um, But you've left your phone in another room where you can't hear it at all. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you just feel vibration. I don't know if you've experienced that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, I haven't. Okay. Some people But I have experienced it with my, like when I've actually had my phone and I thought, oh, I thought I... Mm. I felt... Oh yeah, I get that. Yeah. Um, I think it's... Yeah. So some people... When it's when they're experiencing like severe mm. withdrawal effects from social media or from their phone or whatever, they may experience that vibration, but then the phone is not actually there. Wow. And that is called um what's it called again? Phantom vibration syndrome. So there's actually oh, a term goodness. for it itself. Yeah. Where you actually feel it, but then the phone's not actually there. Mm. Um I guess just to add to those withdrawal effects as well, let's say you so I did a social media cleanse. When I when I first did the research about this, I was like, <laughs> let me take my time with this social media. Yes. So I decided to do a 30-day social media cleanse. And I was like, yeah, mm. I'm on it. Let me mm. let me do this thing. Let me do it. Day one was hard. I picked up my phone, like wanting to get those, yeah. you know, notifications. I wanted that dopamine from, yeah. mm. you know, the notifications itself. Mm. Um and then there'll be times where I, th- I just pick up my phone without even realizing. Yeah. And that itself is part yeah, yeah, of those yeah. withdrawal effects where you just pick up your phone thinking, oh my gosh, I need to check my phone. But then yeah. you sort of realize that, oh. I didn't have to. Yeah, I didn't have to. And yeah. my mm. apps have been deleted anyway. So what mm. am I checking? Mm. Yeah. When you said dopamine, mm-hmm. that's what I get from the gym, no? Yeah. I'm finished. <laughs> so... Do you know how I said that mm. all addictions, like that same process is going mm. on in your brain? No, let's relate that to social media. When you get a like, that's a hit of dopamine. So wow. it's like that feel-good factor. Another like, that feel-good factor. Mm. And the more you get, the more you feel good about yourself. And it's not just like, um, you know, a thing that happens that we know of. It's a biological thing as mm. well that actually happens. And it's addictive. Dopamine's addictive. You feel mm. good. When mm. you eat sweets... And it yeah. tastes nice and it tastes sweet. Like, yeah. Ooh. Like, let me go. Yeah. <laughs> let me go back for more. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And that's the same thing that's happening. Mm. That dopamine effect. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Let's talk about you being a therapist. Sure. And like the process. Hmm. How did it all come about? Like, when did you know? Yeah, this is what I want to do. Do you know what? Yeah. Do you know? Would you believe me? Yeah, if I told you at some point in my life I wanted to be an actor. so being a therapist was not even part of the equation for me yeah I wanted to go into um theater so at some point like after secondary school and everything um I went drama school Mm. for a little bit and that was something that I really enjoyed like I used to I still do a bit of writing here and there but Mm. writing scripts Mm. um I would like get like a group of friends together direct something that kind of thing I really really enjoyed it and I still enjoy it like today but I don't do it on a large scale just like Mm. things here and there anyway um and then I think it was I think one of the reasons why I changed career path because I felt pressurized to go down the more academic route okay yeah so my family wanted me to go down the medicine route and yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) typical um but it wasn't really something that I was passionate about Mm. like the blood and the 
it wasn't really for me. Yeah. So the closest I would go was for me psychology. So I did psychology um, in college, the so A level at sixth form, sorry, and then psychology degree itself. Mm. Um, that process was psychology degree. I think those people out there who have done psychology degrees, you guys will know that the struggle is real. Wow. The struggle is really <laughs> real. Um, but um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I got first class. Oh, amazing. Well um, thanks. Um, and then after that, I did training. So, well, I had a bit of a gap actually in the mental health field itself. So I was just yeah. doing lots of work experience here and there, built up my portfolio, did mm. training. Is it hard to get work experience? You know? Definitely. Wow. Yeah, it's really hard. Um, but I was doing things in uni. So mm. when I was in uni, the advice that I was given was to take advantage of every single opportunity. And that was me. ACS, I was there. Student ambassador, <laughs> I was there. This, I, I was just doing everything and yeah. anything just to... Because at that point, I didn't even know what I wanted to yeah. do. Yeah. So it was just like lots of different mm. things just to see what actually works yeah. for me and what I like and what I don't like. Mm. But I feel like in a way... It's funny, even though it felt at that time like I was doing random things, it all sort of came together in the end. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, like, um, you know how I spoke about being passionate about theatre and performing arts and stuff? I sort of do that anyway with Inside Out, where we've previously in the past, we've done like um, a theatre production yeah. where we're talking about mental health including mental health education but then i'm also i also have the opportunity to be creative with it as well yeah so um i just realized i diverted from the <laughs> no, 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 okay. no. <laughs> it's making sense it's a journey isn't yeah. it yeah. yeah well part of that journey so yeah i i work part-time within the nhs um as a therapist and then part-time doing inside out mm. um but yeah the training was intense very Oof. intense yeah and 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 tell us like you know, we spoke about on this pod about doing like going to therapy mm -hmm. and how important it is for black people. And there's still such a stigma. Yeah. What what's it like being a black therapist? Oh. And do, do you get do you get much clients that, that look like you? Good question. Mm. Um, so in terms of clients that look like me, um, where I work hardly. Mm. So you get some popping mm. through here and there. Is that because you're you're not private, you're NHS, right? NHS. So the clients, do they come through like GP? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, cool. so they can come through mm -hmm. GPs and they can also come through self-referrals. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's just because one of the reasons why we may not have as many, um, well, I might not have as many clients that look like me is because people are not really familiar with the service. So mm -hmm. people, there's less people referring to the service anyways. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or it might be the case where people have had um, negative experiences so they don't mm, want to come back that's true. yeah yeah but I've had um experiences where when we weren't well pre-covid anyway um a client would come in like oh my gosh a black therapist I've never wow. actually you know wow. seen a black therapist this, this is a black person yeah black okay. person mm. okay. I don't want, I don't see no excitement from a white person but, <laughs> but I've had it negatively the other way around as well oh gosh really? yeah so this was when I was working this wasn't in London I was working yeah. outside of London in Oxford mm. and um basically long story short client didn't want to see me because um, I was black and because mm. I was young and because I was a female. So oh, I think, wow. yeah, oh they wanted to see someone. At that time, I'd literally just qualified. Mm. So they wanted to see someone a bit more experienced, which is mm. fair enough, but someone who actually looked like them. But I think in the mental health field mm. itself, in the therapy field, yeah, there's a lot of 
mm. racism and stuff oh, wow. going on there. So, oh goodness, yeah. that's that has its own barriers mm. anyway. Mm. Yeah. Do you ever get that people are like? Because I remember when I was younger, and mm. my friend used to make this joke about going to the clinic. She's like, I don't want to go because um, what if there's a black lady there and she knows my mom. Oh. And I, then I started to yeah. think it too. Um, yeah. But obviously, you have confidentiality things to sign. So Definitely. Yeah. There's nothing like that that's going to be flying around. Yeah. Yeah. So everything is confidential as mm. well. And I think, um, so as well as working within NHS, I also take on private clients as mm. well. And with that, I see more black people. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because maybe people have come across my page mm. and they're familiar with what I do and they actually want someone that they can relate to. So I think that's one of the benefits is mm. even though there's a lot of, you know, things that are negative things that may happen within mm. the field itself, um, mm. not necessarily with patients, but, you know, just as um, a field oh, as wow. its own. Um, one of the positive things is that I'm in a position where I can actually relate to people and people can relate to me. Mm. So as a young black woman, um, you know, it's not every day that you actually get therapists mm. who fit that particular category. Yeah, so some people may feel more comfortable, um, you know, speaking to me mm. or working with me or anything like that. Yeah. And like for our listeners who've probably never considered therapy, mm. why would you encourage someone to, to give it a shot? It's always important to get an outside perspective of what you're experiencing. So mm. even as a therapist, I have a therapist. Mm. Oh, I was about to ask you that. Actually. Yeah, I yeah. have a therapist. That's a very good question. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's so important. So, you know, sometimes where you may be experiencing a difficulty, mm. what can tend to happen is, you know, you experience one thought and that leads off into another thought and mm. another thought before you know it, you're ruminating over your situation mm. and once you're focused on your problem, that magnifies the problem itself. And mm. sometimes, um, you know, you become more hypervigilant of the actual issue. And sometimes it's, you know, it can be quite helpful to actually discuss that from another perspective, from an objective pers- pers- yeah. perspective. Mm. Not necessarily, um, you know, sometimes talking to someone you know does help. Um, but in, in other cases, when you can look at things from a different perspective, that's all it is, just to help you see things differently. Mm-hmm. And when you get someone else talking to you about your situation from another angle, you can connect the dots. And mm-hmm. I think that's really important. I think mm-hmm. I always say that self-awareness is your superpower because essentially it is. Mm-hmm. And if you're not able to get that self-awareness yourself, getting that from a professional who has been trained in that field yeah. i'm telling you with that self-awareness <laughs> you will move mountains do you know what wow. i mean you can it's it's, it's so powerful it's mm. it's really powerful when you actually know yourself yeah. where you know what makes you tick when you know your triggers when you know your red flags and in that way you're able to actually navigate better mm. in life so it's all about being mm. able to um take life for what it is you know mm. it might be so cheesy to say this but you know, we only have the one life. So. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, Hannah Montana, life's what you make it, so just make it. There's no, there's no cheese that. that you can say on this podcast. That's, okay. so. But would you, <laughs> would you say that's the same with, um, like, your good moments as well? Because I think a lot mm. of people associate therapy with, you know, when mm-hmm. you're going through something rough and you're low and you're mm. feeling down. But is it equally as important to go to a therapist when you're happy, when you've had good news and all of that? 110%. Yeah. Definitely. Especially... Um, some people, especially within our culture, even as females, yeah. as black females, sometimes we mm. underestimate the things that we've achieved and yeah. we underestimate mm. our progress. Like you could have done 
10 million different things, but in the back of your mind, you've got that, oh, I didn't really do much or I haven't really achieved much. Yeah. Or, and then you start comparing yourself to other people and then you mm. fall low. These times you have a catalogue mm. of different mm. things that you've achieved. Yeah. So again, getting that outside perspective and, um, you know, putting things in a more objective point of view. So you're not downplaying the things that you've experienced. You're not downplaying um, your achievements, especially. And that that's even something that um, can lead to imposter syndrome. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where you feel that you're not, capable you're not valuable in this space but just getting that other perspective to let you know that you know you're worthy of that space that you're occupying is powerful Mm, it's really powerful wow that's insane but have you found it difficult to find your footing as a black therapist Mm. in the UK I mean I'm sure it's it was even worse when you was outside of London but yeah the way I I run back to London yeah I literally run back, yeah. I can imagine. Um, because I um I studied midwifery for um a year and at the time I was 18, 19. So of course when people would see me walk into the room, they're just like, you know, mm. you're way too young. You shouldn't be doing this. Have you had kids yet? Oh, you haven't had kids? Oh, you can't you can't help me with my pregnancy. Mm. But how have you found it, you know, as a young black woman, um, you're stepping into this room to help this person have there been any experiences where you know you've mentioned one Mm -hmm. but do you feel as though they don't trust you Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I'm not gonna lie yeah sometimes I do get that as well Mm. um someone might I think there's a particular experience where someone came in and they're like oh you've got a baby face like oh gosh yeah I said okay okay (laughs) (laughs) you can't even snap oh my god yeah it's just like uh, um and then they started asking me about what qualifications I have. Oh, um, gosh. And but do you find that rude? I'd, no, no, no. Mm. Only, I only say it's because mm-hmm. I saw someone tweet, oh, my therapist has da-da-da-da qualifications. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know what qualifications my therapist has. Mm. Am I supposed to ask them? Am I supposed to ask them what they're trained in? Mm. That's mm. why I asked this. Yeah. I think it just depends because... Um, Was it how they say it? Yeah. Okay. Because there's lots of different types. I think it's always important to ask mm. your yeah. therapist what they're trained in and what approach they're using. Because mm. that's another misconception as well. Not all therapy is the same. Yeah. There's mm. like lots of different types mm. of therapy. And it may be the case that you might need different therapy to you or mm. to me. And even at some points in your life, you may need different types of therapy depending on the season that mm. you're going through as well. So that is important to ask and I don't mind people asking but I think when people sort of ask in a way where they're undermining you yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's rude I remember mm. the first time it happened was when um well, it's happened more than once yeah it, it happens girl it <laughs> happens <laughs> the first time it happened was when I was still training so even at that time it was okay because I'm still training itself but then whilst you're training you're still seeing um, clients when you mm. just let them know that you're training and the way that one woman spoke to me I literally went home and cried oh, oh, I oh, went home yes. and cried do you know when like you're, you're, you're sitting in the office and you know there's people around you so you have mm. to hold it in and you go to the toilet and then just sniffle a little oh, bit and then when yeah. you go home you lay all yeah. out <laughs> mm. yeah it, it, some people can be really rude with it mm. but at the same time um, and that used to really upset me but I think the more you gain experience, the more you work with people, the mm. more you know that 
the sort of ideas that you're bringing to the therapy table or, you know, the people that you're working with are people who need you. Yeah. And, you know, essentially it's a transactional thing, isn't it? So you mm. need them, they need you. I think that is, that for me, that's what's powerful for me because mm. people can relate to me. I can relate to people. And yeah. someone might benefit more from me. Mm. Someone might benefit more from, you know, person B or therapist B. So mm. I know that I've got... um you know, people who would benefit from me. And that's, that's all that matters to me. Mm, that's yeah. all that, because I'm trained. I'm, I've mm. got experience. So, you know, what else? What else do you <laughs> <need>? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking about um, different therapy methods, mm. are you able to give us a brief rundown? I know you can't I tell can, us everything, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, just break it down for the people then. Okay, yeah. sure. <laughs> so, um, First and foremost, there's over a hundred different types oh, of wow. therapy. Wow. First and foremost. And a lot of people don't know that. Mm. And, um, you know, as I mentioned, different therapies mm. for different seasons in your life. Yeah. Um, one type of therapy is cognitive behavioral therapy. So mm. within the NHS, that's usually what you would typically typically get, cognitive behavioral yeah. therapy. So that's in regards to, it's a more active approach. So it's based on um, the way that you think about things and the things that you do. And it's about learning tools that can help you to um, actively combat your difficulties. Yeah. Yeah. So that typically sometimes um, therapists might set in between session tasks yeah. to help you um, solidify the learning that you do within the actual session mm. itself. So CBT is quite active. Yeah. Um, you're, you're, you're doing stuff, basically. Is that with... Um... Is that with learner child, inside child? Because I went mm-hmm. therapy once, so she mm-hmm. was like, this is the adult child in you. The, 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 oh, the inner child. Oh, I okay. Like, I was like, bitch, what? <laughs> <laughs> so that, that will be more psychodynamic therapy. Okay. Yeah. So with psychodynamic therapy, that's um, it's about connecting the dots between. So it looks into your childhood experiences okay. and how your childhood experiences link to the behaviours that you're doing now. Mm-hmm. And essentially, it's, um, it's an approach where people can use to sort of find... Well, with all therapy anyway, but mm. with this one in particular, is one that people can use to find healing and to find peace okay. in, you know, why perhaps they're behaving in a certain mm. way. It might be linked to their childhood experiences. Yeah, so that's okay. with psychodynamic therapy. And then I just, I guess another common one is counselling. So mm. counselling is different to all of them. Oh, wow. In the I sense of this. <laughs> so counselling is more about making sense of difficult events and difficult things that you've been through. So um, someone might use counselling as a way of, um, you know, talking about a difficult experience. And again, having a listening ear who would help them process mm. that difficulty itself as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you've got those. Those are the mm. three ones that most people are aware of. Yeah. Um, and there's also holistic therapy yeah, as well. Jazz's. Yeah. Did you explore when you were- No, I went to um hypnotherapy. Okay, hypnotherapy. But it was someone that was learning. So it's okay. kind of like just getting into the first yeah. stages of it. Um she was just practicing that. Mm. Um how was that for you? Um it was it was a bit weird because mm. I've always associated hypnotherapy with, you know, if you have a phobia of something or if you're trying to stop smoking. And I didn't really understand what it was, if you get what I mean. Mm. Um but I could see that I was, you know, 
I wouldn't say drifting off to sleep, but I felt calm mm. when she was doing it. And I realized that it was, a, it was about her tone of voice. All of that is important in hypnotherapy. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, but I would like to explore that a little bit more. Mm. Um, but I just haven't been able... I mean, I've the ones I've found have been expensive and I'm like, oh. Therapy is expensive. Yeah. yeah. But it was the hypnotherapy in particular mm. that seemed to be more towards a hundred... And 20, yeah. 150 mm. mark And I'm like Okay Maybe it's mm. a bit Yeah But it, it's yeah. expensive But it's worth it though. It's worth it Well for, I yeah. find it's worth yeah. it Yeah Because like when you say 150 that People spend it on the trainers No And they just wait outside food No No Absolutely You're absolutely correct But when you're not sure About which oh, therapy yeah, 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 yeah. is for you I, mm. I would find that very dear To Definitely. be like Let me just try it once And mm. see Because I'm sure That I would need More than one yeah. session yeah. Especially because when I first started with therapy, yeah, the lady was like, okay, 60 pounds. And I was like, okay, can we do it every, every third week? And she's like, for this to work, it's every week. I was like, I don't have the coins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, um, I know I said therapy can be expensive, but I think now mm. there's um, you know, some more organizations yeah. who are providing low cost mm. and also free therapy as well. Um, and you know, there's lots of different initiatives that are out there as well who are um, you know, working to put towards providing therapy for people who may not necessarily be able to afford it. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's a few out there actually. Um, off the top of my head, there's an organization called Our Naked Truths. Okay. Oh, I think, yeah, I've heard of them mm. before. Yeah. I saw them at an, at an event. Okay, yeah, 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 they do events and workshops as well. So they um, recently um, built up a fund where they're able to provide therapy. I think it's with that particular organization, they're just providing for black women. Mm, okay. Um, but there's also um, the Black and Asian Therapy Network oh, as yes. well. Yeah, um, I think they have they have a paid service and mm. they also have a a strand that's like low cost. Oh as wow, well. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. Um, it's all on their website. Mm. Um, and then there's also a website called There's Healing Clouds. Mm. So with Healing Clouds, they provide digital therapy. So. Um, you go onto their website and then you fill in like a, a quiz and then at the end of that they'll give you options of different yeah. therapists that may be suitable towards the problem that you've mentioned and then you can like see their qualifications how many years of experience they've had etc mm. you can pick one but with that it's more video call and they have therapists from all over the world oh, wow. there okay. as well so you can pick how mm. do you feel about so obviously because of lockdown people mm. have had to do mm. therapy through zoom mm. and i'm doing it through zoom and i kind of feel like it's a bit hard to be very, very transparent in my house. Mm. Yeah. So then I go in my brother's car where it's like, I can be transparent, but then I have people walking past, like my neighbours walking past. Yeah, and then one time, at the last session, yeah, my dad walked past. And because my dad's nosy as hell, he opened the, thank God the session was closing. He opened the door and he was like, what are you doing? Oh. Who are you talking to? <laughs> like, hello. And I'm like, I just exit the call. I was like, you don't need to know what I'm doing. Yeah. Oh gosh. How was that for you? Um, I'm liking it, but I, mm. I do feel like it might be better face-to-face because mm. I can be really, really transparent. Mm. It's just very hard navigating it in my house a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. How, how do you feel on, on the other side of it? Initially, I didn't really like telephone mm. and, um, what's it, video yeah. call therapy because I'm the sort of person, I like to feel people's energies. Yeah. Mm. Like, you know, when you're in the room with yeah. someone and you can, if they, you know, 
give a sort of um, body language. Yeah. You can actually pick up on pick, it, pick yeah. up on it, and sense that they're not comfortable or things like that. So um, it's still something that is true to me. I still do like to be in a space where I can feel people's energies. Mm. Um, however, of course, considering what's happened yeah. recently, <laughs> and um, I guess adapting with the times, it seems like we're going into that space where people do actually well some people do actually prefer telephone support and prefer video calls as well so if that works for a patient yeah and that's all I've been doing literally since lockdown because we still haven't Mm. um, well with my NHS work anyway we still haven't gone back into service so every single one of my patients is either video call or telephone Mm. support as well yeah Mm. and it works for some people Um, some people like the fact that they can speak to someone they don't know over the phone yeah but for others especially um someone who um let's just say they've got children um they're looking after the household getting that space alone in the house while you've got two children under the age of five yeah Mm. it's a bit tricky Mm. you might get distracted here and there so yeah it's a hard one I think it just depends on the individual what their preference is and um the resources that you do have available Mm. um would you not even would you uh, why would you encourage more black people to get into therapy because like sometimes you know what I see these tweets actually and they're Mm. like y'all need therapy or (laughs) men need therapy and I'm like do you not like I'd I I don't know how to tell people. Like, I never want to tell people you need mm. therapy. I don't know. I feel like because it just sounds so negative. But it is a positive to have therapy. Mm. You're talking to someone you don't know about your stuff. But And I feel like we're black people. We have we have so much. Like, we do all the stuff we're dealing with. And then the on top stuff is, like, racism. Mm. And then even for some, it's, like, colorism. It's just so much. Mm-hmm. It's like an awful, awful, awfully layered cake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it reminds me of as well. Like, let's say... Um, you've got people running a race mm. and they've got a backpack. Yeah. Black people tend to have, we've got bricks yeah. upon bricks yeah. upon bricks mm. in that backpack. So when we're running and we're falling behind, why are we falling behind? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because of them bricks that are in the bag, whereas yeah. people are sprinting ahead of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess in response to that, um, therapy is a way of taking out those bricks and unpacking that load as well and Mm. if we want to go a bit deeper within our community within our culture um transgenerational trauma is real Mm. is really real so um there's a saying that we parent the way that we're parented and that applies to you know our parents and grandparents so on and so forth and they have been through stuff so then, you know, they will be parenting us in a particular way and then we're passing it down and passing it down. So um, that trauma, if you're not unpacking it, if you're not dealing with it, if you're not finding ways to manage it and understand it, that will then get passed on. Okay. And if we want to go down a deeper, deeper level... Let's go. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have come across... Um, it's a theory called post-traumatic slave syndrome. Wow. And I've never you, heard of it. Okay, I highly, 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 highly recommend every black person Mm. to actually look that up, look up Mm. post-traumatic slave syndrome. It just, in summary, just talks about how, um, you know, the difficulties that 
um, people experience, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago where mm. people were dehumanized. Mm. You know, when we talk about someone being dehumanized, they were yeah. treated like an animal. Mm. And the psychological effects, the biological effects of that itself, where people were beaten, people, mm. you know, were treated disgustingly, that itself, and then having to, you know, look after your own children mm. whilst you're going through that as well. So the impacts of that, um, you know, in your parenting skills, of course, that's going to have yeah, yeah. a negative impact and mm. that just gets passed on, passed on, passed on, passed mm. on. So, yeah, it, it, it's really deep. It's, it's proper, mm. proper deep. So imagine mm. carrying this and then carrying yeah. your everyday dis- um, difficulties as mm. well. Mm. Yeah. Is there anything else that you think, um, I guess, is kind of limited to the black community? Because obviously post-traumatic, slave Mm. disorder is Mm. that would be a black thing is Mm -hmm. there anything else that you think we as a community would go through Mm. um i would say that you know with the post-traumatic slave syndrome Mm. i feel like that ties into our behaviors in lots of different ways yeah so even just to give you an example um something like self-worth and self-esteem um those kind of difficulties, uh, you can argue that it sort of relates back to, yeah. or can anyway, can be one factor that can relate to that as well. So, mm. um, you know, the way that people were treated, of course, is going to have an impact on self-esteem, mm. is going to have an impact on the way that you see yourself. Of course, yeah. And if you see a particular group of people being treated in a way that is, you know, um, horrific, and those people look like you as well, of course, that's going to be damaging. And um, even when we look at things like trauma, mm. trauma can be um, something that you have directly experienced and also something that you have seen someone else experience as well. Mm. So even through social media and stuff, if we relate it back to like nowadays anyway, some people may be experiencing, you know, secondary trauma from the things that they're reading online or yeah. seeing online. So was it rec- it was it was recently actually where um there's a lot of people talking about their experiences of um this is a sensitive topic by the way so trigger Mm. warning um of abuse Mm. and sexual abuse as well and it became an overlay of someone talking about their difficulty Mm. and then someone feeling um triggered and then talking about their difficulty and it was just everyone was just triggering triggering each other and it was a lot it was even a lot for me as well like seeing yeah it was awful all of that it was too much so imagine if you know i know you've mentioned that you're going to therapy already but imagine if someone else is seeing that but then they don't have that space to talk about those things and you know if something is being suppressed if something is not being unpacked then it's not being expressed in the way that it should be. And if it's not being expressed, of course, that leads to that cycle of lots of difficulties as well. Mm. So in terms of difficulties related to the Black community itself, um, racism, of course, you know, ties in with the Mm. post-traumatic slave syndrome. Mm -hmm. And we know that racism is damaging to your health, Mm. physically and mentally. Mm. Like when... We look at um, statistics and we see that um, within our community, 
you know, things like high blood pressure yeah. is high. And they will tell us that oh, it's because of the foods that we're eating. Yeah. It's because of the racism that you are, you know, mm. injecting. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it, there's so many layers to it, yeah. so many different layers to it. And it's just important that we unpack these things because they're heavy. You know, the, mm. the, that backpack yeah. is heavy. It's heavy. It's, and we're taking that backpack everywhere. Mm. It's too much. It's, it's, it's too, too much. So, yeah, there's, there's so many different mm. things that... Um, relate to our community and our culture that I think is important that we have these conversations about. Mm. So I'm so glad that we are talking about this now yeah. so more people can hear about yeah. it. And it's important that, you know, it's not just talking about it, but we put the things in place and have practical steps yeah. towards mm. making those changes. Mm. Yeah. And how long would you, would someone be in therapy for? Because I know some people it's like for their whole life. Sometimes yeah. like CBT, I mm-hmm. think it can be like 10 sessions. I yeah. don't know. Um, but yeah, what what's the, what have you seen recently, or like since you've been mm. working in that field? It really depends. Mm. It, it's yeah, it just depends on the individual. Um, with I'll tell you what what's happening in the NHS anyway. Yeah. So most services. So within the NHS, um, they have a service called IAPT, which is improving access to psychological therapies, mm. and within that branch, or um, yeah, within that branch itself. Most people get up to six sessions. Okay. Sometimes you might get a bit more. Mm. Do I think it's enough? In my personal opinion, no, mm. I don't think it's enough. But because of funding, because of the way things are set up, because of mm. lack of resources, you guys already know NHS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. There's some words that I want to use, but. We'll- <laughs> keep your job <laughs> you know um there's there's just a lot happening mm-hmm. right now uh, don't get me wrong people are trying yeah. um the therapists are trying their best but sometimes when the people who are making decisions yeah. the decisions are not the ones who are in the forefront yeah. of doing yeah. things that's always the way yeah, yeah. It, it gets a bit tough so to answer your question yeah within nhs people usually get up to six sessions um of cbt yeah, that must not be enough because i remember I one time I was trying to cancel my therapist. I was like, I, I'm done with this. And she was like, well, we need to have an exit thing. Mm. And the reason why we, we stopped it mainly was because of her schedule. Mm. Um, she couldn't do a certain night. And I was just like, well, can't do it no more, I suppose. Um, but that that made me think, like, six wouldn't be enough to close it, no? I don't think it's enough, mm. yeah. But on the flip side, for some people, they might come in with um maybe a stress related issue like a work stress thing mm, where you yeah. can just bang out the six sessions and then boom that's it they're okay and they're they're good to go um <clears throat> if it's someone who is looking for that um you know healing i yeah. i feel that more sessions are needed mm. some people are in therapy for um like maybe 3 months some people 6 months some people for years mm. um but i always think that it's something that's important to um you know go to regularly even yeah. if you can't do every week even just having like if if you think you're okay with the resources that you've mm. learned the self help materials that are out there and things even just having a check-in every yeah. couple of weeks or every month or so. I think that that can be really helpful and just give you that different perspective. Mm. Mm. Yeah. We're, we're running low on time, but let's talk more about Inside Out. Sure. And what <laughs> we got planned next, what we're going to see. Sure. So um, we do monthly workshops. So we've got our next workshop coming up next week. I'm not sure when this is coming out. So This is coming out 
not this Monday, the Monday after. Mm. Okay, so that will probably be after that workshop anyway. Mm. But mm. we've got, we, we hold monthly workshops on different topics about um, well-being and mental health. So the one that's next month, so next month on the 10th of September is Suicide Prevention mm. Day. So we're doing a suicide prevention workshop. So we've got um, training. So suicide prevention training. I think that's mm. important as well. Yeah. Is it for like the individual or for organizations oh, okay yeah is that yeah sorry i'm is that is that prevention for the individual or is mm-hmm. it for for like uh a workplace or an organization so it's more of um well doing it from the perspective where you can help a friend okay, oh, okay. who is going through mm, yeah. maybe some suicidal yeah. um tendencies or ideations or things like that mm. i think um I personally think that is important because I was in the position where, um, so just to tell you the story anyway, um, I had someone who was close to me who did experience suicidal thoughts Mm. and um, this was like around the age of 17 and um, I remember I was with them that day and they were literally running towards, you know when you've got the motorway and then you have like the bridge thing that goes over it, they were running towards that bridge and I was literally chasing them and they were they're faster than me so i i couldn't keep up Mm. and i was just trying my best to keep up and then um they got to the bridge and i just had to call the police bearing in mind that they'd already told me that if i call the police then they're gonna like jump anyway so i was so conflicted i didn't know what to do but i just called the police anyway Mm. um luckily by the grace of god like the police got there surprisingly usually they don't but they got there in time and everything and then like it sort of calmed the situation down um but yeah they had like their leg over the you know that bridge thing anyway like ready to jump and it was a very like traumatic of course yeah for me itself and even had an impact on my own well-being of course um but yeah so just to get back to the suicide prevention thing it's something that is really close to my heart Mm. personally and also professionally um i want young people young adults to be in a position where they know exactly what to do Mm. if they're in that position um so we've got that coming up and then the following months we have our monthly workshops and also um support groups as well so yeah check us out guys um look on our website follow us on socials Mm -hmm. all the information is there in terms of what we'll be doing Mm -hmm. next but yeah i'm i'm really excited for the up and coming year even though we've had a bit of um a rocky yeah has it been like moving your because i know you do a lot of events speaking engagements Mm -hmm. has it been with corona have you just had to move a lot of stuff online yeah we've had to move a lot of stuff online it's been hard again like as i said i like feeling the energies Mm, in the room and everything and even at our workshops as well so we create an atmosphere where it's just well-being orientated so Mm. we've got diffusers oh nice (laughs) we even so we we bring food so Mm. we have um like depending on when it is anyway, but sometimes we'll have like jollof rice and chicken and that's fried rice. So like it, it's essentially it's like having an inside out family dinner. Oh, that's cute. And then ha- learning about tools and techniques and mm. things um, mm. around that as well. Just so we're doing it in a way where people feel comfortable mm. and we're having that important conversation because mm. I don't believe in that whole student teacher yeah. method. It's just yeah. a bit like yeah. stringent. And you're really breaking the stigma because because I think when you're having a you know 
there's food, there's drink, mm-hmm. there's banter. Mm-hmm. It just makes people feel like, oh, okay, yeah. this is it's it's not normal. Yeah. 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 But we got to rush out. But um, yeah. should we quickly do Black Excellence before we leave? Well, we um, do this thing yeah, every I, week. Sorry, I haven't, I haven't got oh. one because I'm girl. We did two in, we did two in one. Do you know what? Let's, let's just skip it. But um, but yeah, thank you so so much for yeah. coming down today. Thanks for inviting we me. We think you're it's truly amazing. Pleasure. Oh, thank you guys are amazing. Oh, thank you so thank guys you are phenomenal. <laughs> and yeah, keep doing what you're doing, guys. Thank you. Girl. We appreciate you. Wow. Thank you. We appreciate you. <laughs> yeah, thank Look you. Look at what Honestly, you're doing. We learned so much. You're helping the people. Oh, yeah, you are. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. Lots of appreciation going on. <laughs> <laughs> Do you just want to plug your socials quickly yeah. before we exit? Sure, sure, sure. So um, my personal account is at Nessa Banks, mm-hmm. at Nessa Banks underscore. And that's on Twitter, Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, Inside Out is at Inside Out underscore UK. And that's on Twitter and Instagram as well. <laughs> and our website, just to finish off, yeah, is um, InsideOutWellbeing.org. Amazing. Brilliant. Thank you so much again. Bye, guys. Thank you so much. Bye.